You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about our show and to contact us directly, visit our website at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And on that note, listener, as we begin episode 148, it is with much humility that I approach <laughs> our, our listeners who do write into the podcast. Boldly approach the throne of grace. Ungraciously, last episode, I accused of not write, of slacking and not writing in, even to the point where I threatened to revoke the friend of the show moniker from some <laughs> listeners. You, did I, you name names? Oh, I did. Oh, there it so, is. I, and I specifically called out Caitlin Flowers, friend of the show, contributor, Caitlin Flowers, who then texted me within within an hour of the episode going live, texted me and said, mm. I have been messaging you guys. Your system must be broken. And lo and behold, a trove of messages sitting Indeed in my it was. It was sitting in my inbox and it was our messaging system on our website had broken and I had not realized it. So <laughs> it turns out it was me. It was no, me. No, I'm that was, Spartacus. <laughs> no, I am Spartacus. It was me. So <laughs> listeners, the ones who wrote in, who I accused of not writing in, we apologize. And please keep doing that. And please continue to subscribe. We got a little bump in subscribers. What I will not stop doing is shaming our listeners who choose to manually search our podcast instead of liking and subscribing. <laughs> this guy's so not, edgy. I will not recant on that. I can do no other amen. I, I feel like I owe an apology for last week, too, when I had that awkward gap before saying my name in the uh-huh. intro material. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, I don't know if I was going for the, you know, the, the air of suspense <laughs> or something like that, but it was like, wait for it, <laughs> wait for it, and I'm Nathan Van Horn. <laughs> You know what? My grandfather used to say, always leave a morning more. There you go. So there we go. Matt, anything you need to get off your chest? Scandalous topics guy? <laughs> no, man. I'm just ready to record. I'm All ready right. to roll. We're here. This is uh we're doing another in person podcast, which is I always love doing it. But I, I love that uh listener, just to reveal behind the curtain for a second, I always record these things. Um, when I do our live intro, I read off of our website. I read the script about the Bible being the most read book ever. And I love it because on our website, the very next paragraph says, this is not a devotion podcast. This is not a pastors around a, a table show. And, and then here I, we are. And then I look up and I see three pastors around <laughs> yeah, a table yeah. <laughs> recording the show. So we're not always consistent, but you know what is consistent? The Bible, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And when last we left Jacob... Um, he had woken up, and uh, life was not the same. Well, today we're going to put him back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that we were still in Genesis 28, but This is like one of those like hijinks movies where like the person they're trying to dupe wakes up early, and so they have to like chloroform him or like ether him again <laughs> until the stage is completely set. We're not ready for you to wake up yet, Jacob. Yeah. Go back to bed. <laughs> we're, still, we're still, I guess we're still talking about dreams, right? What are we talking about? Yeah, Matt had a good... Uh, this is not something we had the next episode planned, but as often occurs, we're just refreshing the discussion leading up to the new material, and we're like, oh, we don't want to get in a rush and go through the Bible too quickly. Let's do one more episode in these verses we've already covered. So I I really, I actually pressured Matt if we could do an episode on this because I really like the concept. So uh, Matt, 
who's been somewhat quiet till now. Why don't you unpack it for us a little bit? Well, just as a refresher, do we want to read the text of Scripture first? Let's do that before we yes. go any farther. Yeah. Gandalf, why don't you roll with that, and then I'll uh, 10 through 17, and then I'll point out a couple things. All right. This is Genesis 28, 10 through 17, as always, from the ESV. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, your offspring, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome this place is. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Man, such a beautiful story. It is. It is such a beautiful story. And one of the things that, just reading over it, that today, just some reflection, and it sparks some conversation, is looking at the fact of what, Jacob was doing when all of this took place. Like if you look down in verse number 13, in verse 13, it says, and behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And one of the privileges we've had of going through the Bible is talking about a lot of characters that significant things take place when they're asleep. Yeah. Um, I'm immediately thinking of probably the earliest one. Yeah, it's got to be. Is Adam going to sleep? Yeah, at the creation, before of, the creation of Eve. Well, and God God weaving a day of rest into the fabric of creation. That's right. Like, the again, we've we said this a long time ago, but the first thing that God kadoshes, makes holy, consecrates in all of Scripture is day of rest. Mm-hmm. And it's in- interesting, overwhelmingly, when you get to the Ten Commandments, because we're always talking about uh, reading Genesis while they're living the Exodus, right? Go to Sinai, what's so interesting? The first three commandments are all about how they relate to God, right? Mm-hmm. The last several commandments are all about how they relate to people in their community. What about the fourth commandment? Remembering the Sabbath. It's the only It's the only thing, remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy. And I think that's the longest of the commandments, too, in word count. It's the only thing about how they relate to time. And the biggest commandment you have on relate to time is consecrate this time of... Rest. Mm. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, we I have I have someone in my life. He's actually one of the deacons in our church, and he's uh, Bill is an op. You know, Bill. Of course, Bill is an optimize your performance. You, you know your uh, your effort versus your impact and and different things. And I'm a I'm a bad overcommitter. This is this is known about me. And so B- Bill will routinely like you know. Encourage me to pare things down a little bit so you D- can have. Didn't a, you preach nine sermons yesterday? Well, I mean that's that's a different 
that's a di- okay. That we might come back to that, but that's that's different. That's not what we're talking about. Shame on you, sir. Um, we had our our uh, our prison ministry Thanksgiving services yesterday, and that's how they break uh, uh, the guys into groups. Okay. So I, I think also one of the things is that just talking generally about sleep, um, it's no shocker shocker to the listeners of this podcast that I've reflected a lot on the unseen world. But one of the things that the sons of God are called in the pseudepigraphal work of Enoch is, you remember, the watchers. Watchers. That's right. That the heavens are always seeing as they don't go to sleep. And the heavens this is, are, this is used, God does not sleep nor does he slumber. That's right. That sleep is a unique gift to humankind. Well, and think, I mean, just think about how, like, when you see someone and you say, how have you been? Right. What are they going to say? Busy. How are you feeling? Exhausted. Everything. One of the most immediate things that we think to communicate about ourselves and our, you know, over, our, we have a culture of, of overwork. Right. One of the first things we communicate, even if we don't follow through with it, is, Man, I could use some rest. Like NASA did a study. I was just like reading before we did the episode, and that like they 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 tracked how long of a nap you need each. And like, I don't know that I'm advocating for naps at work. I don't know that I'm not though. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, I mean, they like a forty minute nap can make you thirty four percent more productive for the rest of your day. And like, at at what point is like okay, let's hear them out a little bit, you like know from. Our Central American friends are a siesta. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I um, when I think about sleep, though, it's a, a uniquely human enterprise in the story of Scripture. But also, when we talk about it in the, in the modern age, not being able to sleep is Oof. a dysfunction. Yes, I, I had a little five-week bout earlier this year. Um, where I was having these, uh, I don't still haven't figured out what type of headaches they were, but I have like five, I had five weeks there where I was not getting three hours a night and it was, it was maddening. I mean, it was Mm. so, because it's weird. Even if you're not rested, you can do the type of like simple off on, uh, task completion, you know, like that little tedious things, Mm -hmm. but man, your creative thinking, your emotional energy, takes an enormous hit absolutely um, and so so what's why is that all that that we said why is that so important for why does that merit another episode on genesis 28 10 through 17 <laughs> well i think it's just a reminder that the most important things which happen and remember what genesis is it's the story of beginnings all of these beginnings is the most important things that happen to these uh formation characters for the rest of the story happens when they're asleep Mm. and that there is something being communicated here that God is, this is going to be a work of the Lord. I'm thinking of Abraham being asleep when God walks Genesis 15. Yeah. Yeah. The smoking fire pot passing through the pieces. Absolutely. Um, Obviously thinking of Adam being asleep when Eve, Um, yeah, there's going to be um, stories to come in Genesis, Joseph having, dreams being, That's right. being asleep. God supports um, the medical sciences, but 
Not saying he plays favorite, but anesthesiologist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and so, what's what's interesting is is that like today, um, and I know there's varying histories. Anesthesiologist captures it so well. I was thinking about that earlier. By the way, like because from a layman's perspective, sometimes you wonder. What is that guy doing in the room? It looks like he's doing nothing. Right. But without him doing his thing, lots of other really important stuff could not be happening. It's That's right. What looks like does that make sense? Yeah. I mean that captures so much of what's happening here. Well shout out to the anesthesiologist. That's right. <laughs> not just putting people to sleep, but more importantly, waking people up. Ooh. Yeah, they are they will, they will tell point out all of my anesthesiologist friends when you say so you put people to sleep for a living. He said, no, I wake people up. That's, man, I need a clever line like that for pastoring. And <laughs> so, but the whole idea of being awake, or as we hear right now, the idea of, of being woke, like right now, woke in the sense of like social movements, it's the whole idea of being awakened to a perspective or knowledge that the the average person is not going to see. And Right now, it's being used heavily by progressives, but that idea of being awake to something is not unique to. Yeah, that's that's wo that's woven into a lot of things that like staying on top of what you need to do. So like, um, don't sleep on this information. Uh, right. Don't don't. Oh, well, we talked about this before we start recording. Don't lie down on the job. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, the, the presumption is in order to be productive, in order to contribute, you have to be actively aware and doing something. But so many of the key scenes where we have where God is uh, showing the good things that are coming along, to, to Matt's point, to formative characters, he does when they're in a posture where they cannot contribute at all. Literally laying down, like, and again, the cl so cl climactic, climactic examples in Genesis, like we're going to Egypt, we're going to Joseph, and Joseph will be distinguished for his interpretation of dreams. Dreams, <laughs> but he is lying down on the land itself. Yeah, like this is the land he is going to inherit. Forget about for a second the dream, because uh, well, Joseph does this in prison. <laughs> that's, that's true. When there's nothing for him to do, <laughs> right? Um. But forgetting about him having yeah. a dream. Yeah. He is literally lying down on the place that God is going to give him. In fact, specifically in verse 13, doesn't it say the land on which you lie? Um, if I'm remembering that correctly, let me look at it again. Like, I mean, he's literally putting a piece of the land under his head to sleep. Right. This pillow, this spot, this place. People are coming after that stone of scone, though. Later. They're coming after that rock. Is the... Um, Noah's name, which by the way, we know. Yeah. Rest. rest. The whole idea that remember also when we were in the Genesis chapter two, that God, when he placed man in the garden, the he, two different, yeah, yeah he rested, rested him, him uh, in the garden. Yeah. So it's. Well, and again, uh, I love that you went to Noah because I, I don't know why that little dot didn't connect before we recorded. Mm -hmm. How is Noah introduced in chapter this five? Will give us rest. Yeah, from the curse. That's in, right. in other words, when things go terribly wrong, what do we do? We go into panic mode. What did I fail to think of? What did I not do? When things go terribly wrong, when the red light is blinking, we go into disaster mode, panic mode. How am I going to fix this? Which always means do more. 
which always means do more. And sometimes it's like, take it. By the way, my wife has far more emotional intelligence, uh, which I do not dismiss as a real thing, uh, than I do. And so sometimes, uh, precisely because I'm an overcommitter, I can have too many tabs open in my mental display, right? And my mental RAM can run terribly short. And then at some point, I will go blue screen of death and just get, you know, overstimulated. And I'll come home, and Haley, and Haley will say, Oh my gosh, Nathan, you must have had a really tough day. Why don't you go back to, why don't you go back to the room and lie down for a bit and I'll put on a pot of coffee and when you feel like you're ready to come out and you've got a fresh wind, you just rejoin us as a family. I mean, she did that for ye- ye- not months, years before I realized my wife is putting me in timeout. <laughs> and and the best thing that I could do coming home to be a better father and husband was take a nap. Get some rest. This, this reminds me of the story from Kings of Elijah when he's driven out by Jezebel, mm-hmm. right? Goes and he first goes Kings nineteen, and he goes out and he basically throws a temper tantrum and he's kill like, me God. He's like, kill me. I am no better than my ancestors. It is better for me to die. And what does God do? Puts him to sleep. Wakes him up. Gives him is some, that Brahms lullaby playing in the background of this cave? That's right. <laughs> and that's and that's what soothes him. It's just yeah, I love that. So interestingly enough, there is a um, a man in Vietnam. He's, I think, if my understanding is correct, is that he is a Thai man, but he lives in Vietnam. Yeah. Vietnam, which makes it being in Vietnam makes it very hard to verify. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but this has actually been confirmed by doctors that this is a man. Doctors of the state, or yeah, that's right. But eighty years old, and he hasn't slept in sixty years. And it is poor, he is poor a, man. He is a medical anomaly. Give that man and, some melatonin. And anyway, he, he's his wife said at first it was kind of strange to adapt to, you know, her husband doesn't sleep. He's just always awake, but she just got used to it. So anyway, he was made famous because of a YouTube video of people being fascinated by this. And what's interesting is after becoming famous through the YouTube video, someone asked about how he felt about it. And he's, he said, given the opportunity to speak to the world through this video, uh, that he appealed to anyone that might be able to help him sleep. How about that? Yeah. So Haley and I were joking because like we are, we are sliding into middle age. Like we mm-hmm. bought some decaf coffee the other night. Um, <laughs> it's not our morning coffee or afternoon coffee. It's like in the evening when we, when we, when you want the ritual of the hot beverage, but Brother, you don't want to go cafe in the evening. Uh, but anyway, so that's where we are. And we, you know, we watch our fake fireplace, um, <laughs> <laughs> our propane logs. Um, but like a couple of weeks ago, we were sitting in the den and, uh, Something happened and we both laughed at it. And I said, Haley, we are so fun. And then we both went back to reading on our Kindles with the fake fireplace and our, you know, and you got your decaf coffee. And I'm like, man, I'm going to take a melatonin and it's going to be a good night. And I'm like, this is so different because when you're young and you're going to change the world, like, what does a good weekend look like? I mean, you don't want to go to bed. Yeah. You want to stay up all night. Yeah. Right. Um, like they even had, uh, there was that song a couple years ago by, uh, what was the band fun tonight? We, we are, are young. young. <laughs> you know, it's all about, so let's set the it's all about fire. stay up, get after it, <laughs> conquer it. Don't fall victim. Don't, don't sleep on this. Jacob, I'm going to be really good to you. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. Now you're God. Just lie down on the job. 
Just lie down on the job. Enjoy the view. And so that beautiful line, surely the Lord is in the place, and I did not know it. So this is not Jerusalem. This is Bethel. All right. This is, but I think there's a pattern here that is the house of God is where God is. We're going to come back to that next episode. I'm talking about what the house of God is, but I mean, it's, it's where God is. And this is um, the place, Nathan, you mentioned it before we recorded. The place of God on earth is the place where heaven meets earth. And it's less about, as our last episode, we talked about the stone of scone, the whole idea that everybody wants a piece. Like, Nathan, I don't know if is in the recorded portion of our pre-recording where you talked about everybody wants the little piece of connection between heaven and earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it it's not those things. It's it's about rather where God is and yeah. it could be and we'll come anywhere. and we'll come back to that yeah. uh, the um the experience of God over against the objectification of God is kind of where that's mm-hmm. um we it's interesting. This is my father's world. I like. I was. I was walking through the halls of First Tupelo, and y'all have like a, a, a you know, the Kenny G, like <laughs> piano music. It's not, you know, it's not Kenny G, but y'all know what I mean. Yes. Uh, y'all have like the the there's there's mu- sacred music playing, but there's no there's no one singing. And so I was walking through the halls, and one of the tunes that was playing in that piano music. I don't know why I went with Kenny G since it was piano. Was this is my father's world. And so we like to set up like it's our human nature because it's been evidenced by every civilization ever to say this is the special place, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we either capture the sac- uh, how do we capture the sacred place or how do we capture the trappings of the sacred place? So if you can't live at Bethel, let's find the stone of scone and bring it to where we are. Like that's mm-hmm. our temptation. But if this is my father's world then God can make a sacred place out of anywhere, right? right? And, and the same God can see from heaven what you cannot see on earth. And it's like, because the patriarchs have to be thinking, okay, God, we're three generations into this promise, and we still don't own a lot of land. Right. Trust that the God who can make any place sacred can fulfill his sacred promise. Like, there is that component of it. To And there's also one other aspect here is Gandalf, what has Jacob just done before he is ended up here in the wilderness at Bethel? He got his blessing from his father through right, uh, trickery. Then, yeah, trickery, ripped off. He's actually kind of on the run a little bit. Basically, yeah. yeah at mean, least from Esau. Yeah, at, at least from Esau. And Jacob is surprised that God is in this place. Surely God was in this place, and I didn't... like. What does that do for a man who literally is running in fear, realizing, whoa, God, God is right here with me. One of the things that I love so much about character David in the Bible is his confidence that the Lord is with him, period. Um, So Psalm 3 um, is written when David is literally on on the run from run. his son, Absalom. Absalom. Yeah. This is happening as a direct result from consequences of David's own actions. This is after the Bathsheba stuff. This is now David Dude, on the this run. was said. I, 
I'm embarrassed that I didn't make this. Dude, this is such a good place to take the episode. Um, this is me having that thought in real time. I love where you're going because I know where you're going, but I didn't think to go there. Matt, land the plane. Man, this is so good. So in Psalm 3. If you're listening, listener, do not flip in your Bible to Psalm 5. Just enjoy the ride. Or John, Psalm 3. Psalm th- what I say? Psalm 5, Psalm yeah. 3. I'm in Psalm 3. So David writes this. Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him and God. That's pretty restless. <laughs> yeah. Panic. Run. Run. Run for your life. <laughs> but you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of the many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing beyond your people. The thing I love about this psalm is that the man who wrote that wrote that when most of us would be in a place of wondering, does God still love me after such a significant blunder? Mm. Does God still care for me? And what I'm saying is that what Jacob discovers here is going to become the anchor point for the children of Jacob to realize that no matter where they go, whether awake or asleep, that God is with them. I I love the language of Psalm 3, the lifter of my head. Oh, man. The primary reference there is um, that's a a very common way, you know, when I hang my head either in despair or in shame. But you also lift your head when it's been resting on a pillow. When it's time to get up. And even if that pillow is made of stone, it can be a very restful night's sleep. Mm. Man. God is so kind. That's a great, that's great stuff. (laughs) Listener, you know what else is great stuff? The Bible, but also the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast where we discuss the Bible. So if you want to take a rest and not manually search for the podcast every (laughs) Tuesday morning, then I implore you, please like and subscribe. That way you get a notification every Tuesday morning. The podcast is nice and conveniently there waiting for you. And you can give us a listen. You can write to us on our website and maybe even give us a written review on Apple Podcasts. And perhaps the greatest of all, tell a loved one to listen to the podcast. That's probably the best thing you can do for us. Yes. Yeah. So it's holiday season. Talk, talk about it's the fiction. It's beginning to look pod. a lot like Christmas. I hadn't sung all episode. I had to find something. <laughs> Next time you're with your family, be it Thanksgiving, Christmas. Bring up the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast instead of whatever, whatever politics you guys were going to argue about over the table. <laughs> Speak of more profitable things, and we'll be back or next argue, week. Or argue over weird, weird Bible interpretations. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about the Ham Trilogy. We don't, uh, we don't mm. want that. <laughs> but we'll be back next Tuesday morning. Uh, until then, you guys have a great week. See you next time. Shalom.